something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back to another new episode of Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, I am the host quick reminder up top that although I'm a therapist and today you have another therapist here with you and this podcast is called you need therapy and you might need therapy this podcast does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for actual mental health services although it can be helpful along your way and it might help encourage you to go seek those things from people that you get to actually be in a relationship with I mean we could be in an online relationship, but it's not an abiding therapeutic contract. <laughs> so we are back with another one of our Difference Between uh, series episodes, talking about some things that I'm pretty excited to talk about, talking about some things that happened in pop culture that this specific thing that I'm about to break, bring up was now probably six weeks ago, but to me, it's still relevant. But before we get into that, welcome back, Tara. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We started this series uh, a couple months ago to talk about things that are seen in pop culture, in the world, on social media that are mental health focused, where terms or diagnoses or ideas can be somewhat convoluted. So we're taking those things and we're talking about how we're seeing them and how we're using them and what they actually might be to help give more language, a better understanding, and to kind of open our eyes to what we're actually experiencing versus what somebody might be telling us we're experiencing. So we're going to start with something. And I want to say I have a little bit of fear inside my body talking about this specific thing because I know there's going to be a lot of huh what? And I don't want to put out the idea ever that I'm minimizing somebody's experience because your experience is your experience. Sounds like you're triggered. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure <laughs> I am triggered. I'm triggered because I had an experience about this. 
Um, oh my gosh, I am. It's a great intro. Um, yeah, it's a great intro. We're talking about being triggered. What does being triggered mean? What is our responsibility in being triggered? What is the world's responsibility in being triggered? How is this scene around the world? What do you think versus what your parents think? Because my parents would say, suck it up, buttercup. They won't even say buttercup. They just say, suck it up. Yeah. They'd say, everybody's so sensitive and all of that. And so I don't want to, you know, say somebody is wrong or bad for being sensitive or feeling something deeper than somebody else. And I think it's just important to talk about this because there isn't a lot of conversation around this. It's just like, you're allowed to do whatever you want or need whatever you want or ask for whatever you want. And it's like, and are we asking ourselves for what we need? Yeah. So when I even bring the topic up, what comes up for you? It's a couple of two, like two different sides. I think the first, I'll start with the first side, which is just that the word triggered is actually a very neutral word in its technical meaning. It just means that there is an external stimuli that has brought about a reaction in me. It's a word, people use it in all kinds of different scenarios, medical, probably in mechanical, like this triggered that, the end. Interesting, yeah. Culturally, it's taken on a very different meaning for the most part when people are using it now. So like in the context of trigger warning or those kinds of things that now it's everywhere and it's being just kind of thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's just always like a good reminder that words kind of have a pure beginning and then culturally then they're take they take on different meanings mm-hmm. and they become a different thing when people use them. Yeah. I like that you started with the like this triggered that and like mechanical things and trigger warnings. Those are important, right? So recently I don't know if you did you ever watch or read Luckiest Girl Alive? No. Have you heard about it? Uh, is no. Mila Kunis yes. in it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to keep I, you cool. That's all I know. <laughs> is that she's... Okay. So I listened to the book first, and then it was made into a movie. And it was a hard book to listen to. And at the, at the same time, listening to that, it triggered an experience of like, this is sad. Mm-hmm. This is scary. I cried. And I was okay. Some people might not be that way because of their experiences. However... The movie was so graphic in the way that they showed what happened. Some people, they probably did not blink. I had to literally pull the covers over my head and I couldn't watch it. Yeah. So I can't imagine somebody who listening to the book, if they had a higher reaction to me, what that was like for them. And so I'm like, yeah, trigger warnings could be important. Just like sure. our car might say, if you step on the gas, while you're turning your car on, something might malfunction. Or if you, I don't know, you don't want to electrocute yourself. So like turn your something off before you connect these wires. I don't know, I'm not a mechanic. But in some shows and books, and it is important to say, hey, we're talking about some sensitive stuff. There are ratings on movies for this exact reason. That's a trigger warning. I don't know. I want you to know what you're about to to experience. experience. Yeah, so that's helpful, Demi Lovato. Do you know the story about when she walked into the frozen yogurt store? No. Okay. <laughs> this you keep me pop ago. culture relevant. Well, this was a long time I'm ago. Like, people are going to be like, how old is this? <laughs> We're the same age. I know. <laughs> um, so Demi Lovato walked into a frozen yogurt store, and I think it was in LA. And I think they had like sugar-free or fat-free frozen yogurt. And she was very upset. Now, Demi Lovato has a history of an eating disorder. Right. And that felt very diet culture to her. 
which is interesting. I do remember this now. Yeah, I, it was interesting to me. I understood the sentiment of what she was saying, and I think it's very fair that she was triggered yeah. by walking into that yogurt store. I thought like, oh, that's interesting. My dad has diabetes and that's the kind of ice cream he can actually eat that won't send him into some kind of something. Right. And so it doesn't really bother me to see that kinds of stuff. I have a different experience. Right. So the issue is not that she was triggered and I wasn't. That's right. The issue is she blasted this place. Yeah. How dare you? I don't know exactly what she yeah. said, but it was like like she was trying to take down this business that was just trying to offer other options. Granted, not an option she wanted. Not actually an option I want. An option my dad needs. An option other people have the prerogative to desire. Yeah. Just like there's Weight Watchers in the world. I'm not going into one. Right. Right? Now, if somebody shoved me into a Weight Watchers meeting, I probably would be triggered. Right. But I'm not asking the world to shut those down, mm -hmm. even though they are problematic in a lot of ways. We'll get into that <laughs> at a different time. So I want to bring up this idea of what's the value of acknowledging our triggers and then what do we do with them? I don't know about you, but I felt very angry when the whole Demi Lovato thing went on. That's a great example because I do think it is a easier way to look at all the sides of it and try to come up with like there is sort of a compromise there's sort of a both and to give attention to what you're describing is the unhealthy side of the cultural use of trigger and the cultural understanding or the way we kind of co-opt something to mm -hmm. do a thing with it that isn't necessarily helpful to us or to other people and it's like when we take an experience or that external stimuli and we name it as triggering to something distressing or harmful to me, and then I've now pointed at that as a hurt that was inflicted upon me. Like, you did this you to did me. You did this to me. And it's your responsibility to fix it. Yeah. And sometimes that's true with right. triggers. Sometimes yeah. someone is responsible for an act of hurt upon you and a lot of the times you know I don't even know if I would call that a trigger I just think I would call that like a moment of assault or abuse or of hurtful language or disrespect I think I would call those different things if someone did a thing that was hurtful to me explicitly like that person was the cause of the hurt that person looked at me and yeah. was like you need to eat fat-free food because you're fat like whoa yeah I'm not only am I triggered you just like assaulted, assaulted me, me verbally so that's different than a like the moment that someone was disrespectful or violated a boundary like my dignity it's just a harm but that that's point. different than you seeing something right because i yes. say to that kind of thing where let's say somebody has a parent or somebody in their life this okay so it's the holidays so this is bound to happen there's a speak we're just going to stay with the vibe of food I've had experiences in my life where people have said things to me about food and what I'm eating around the holiday holidays. Like you really need to eat that before X or whoa, are you going <laughs> to one time? <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at this, but it was funny and we can laugh at it now. And we laughed at it in the moment too. But my grandma said something to my sister-in-law during a meal. She took a baked potato and it was like a normal sized baked potato. And my grandma was like, you're going to eat that whole potato? Which, coming mm -hmm. from my grandma, she didn't mean anything by that. Mm -hmm. 
But when you don't know somebody's history or what their thoughts are or what their feelings are, that can be really triggering of like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't do this. Right. But let's say somebody does say something harmful. Like you might want to go run an extra couple miles before dinner tonight because I know you're not going to be able to control yourself around the pie or whatever. Okay. That's a clear line of disrespect. There you go. And here's the thing I feel about that. If you are walking down a dark alley and some man came up to you, punched you square in the face and broke your nose. I don't think you're going to go back to that man and ask him to fix your nose. Sure. Right? You're probably going to go to a doctor, somebody who is understanding, knows how to to heal that, and didn't inflict that pain because that person has no interest in, they broke your nose, not with the intention of, oh, I want to make this better. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think we have to be very aware of where I'm going to heal or where I'm going to get my needs met where they were once taken away or not met or where I was hurt or abused. And so if somebody is malicious, Mm -hmm. let's say I walk into a frozen yogurt shop and they say, oh, you should go to the fat-free section because you're fat, which we'll get into that in a second, that word. I don't think I'm going to go back to that frozen yogurt place at all. I think I'm going to maybe go to my therapist or a friend and talk about that experience and how it hurt me. And then I'm probably going to create a boundary where I don't allow myself to enter that space Mm -hmm. because they don't deserve my business. Yeah, That's where a lot of times I see the it's their responsibility to feel that they hurt my feelings yeah they don't care yeah which is sad i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. 
Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think when we're talking about psychological triggers, like this is the mental health world of things, then it's a reaction to something past that's happened to me that was hurtful that is now I'm being reminded of through a present stimulus in my life. Totally. And how much responsibility do I give to those present things in my life for being that thing that previously hurt me before? I think that is different depending on all kinds of specifics of your circumstance so if there's certain places that because I've been hurt by you know culture and body image and eating disorders and stuff that there are certain places that have that kind of language explicitly kind of just in their restaurants or on display then I'm going to be triggered that thing is not the harm that originally occurred to me it now just has an association to it's that. the meaning too because i'm thinking as you said that i'm triggered when i see calories on menus yeah and that's everywhere, everywhere. however i'm still going to go to chick-fil-a yeah so it's my responsibility to yeah. learn what i need in order to still order what i want versus what these calories and past diet culture beliefs that i've held are telling me it makes me think of something that Courtney Grimes, who is a therapist in Nashville, and she owns a aftercare uh, step down from residential treatment here. It's called The Collective. But I was talking to her a couple weeks ago. And the reason she created her program is because she said, nobody cares about your recovery once you leave treatment. Nobody cares. Like the guy at the grocery store doesn't care. Maybe your mom doesn't care. Your friends really might not understand it. So they might not really care. They might not know. But the world is not set up to take care of your recovery. We have to equip ourselves and learn how to move back into the world, maintaining the skills and the tools and the things that we've learned. And I think that's so important because the frozen yogurt shop does not care about everybody's issues with sugar-free frozen yogurt because again some people want that and it's sad Mm -hmm. and it's the reality Mm -hmm. we can't fight reality then we're just going to create suffering can we talk about taylor swift yeah i'm just gonna lay the what happened out and i'm gonna let tara give me her thoughts live we have not talked about this explicitly i've thought very little about it yeah here we go here we go um okay so in taylor swift's new music video which i'm not a big taylor swift fan although i do like this song it's pretty good so i never watched the video or listened to the song i didn't know anything about it until all of a sudden i was seeing all this content and people were asking me about it so she put out this video for anti-hero in the video there is a 
part where she steps on a scale and instead of a number, the scale says fat. And the video is about like the song is about anti-hero where like your inner critic is like the like that's who you're rooting for. That's who you're like actually like listening to is the anti-hero, not the actual hero. And so I started seeing all this stuff everywhere and people were messaging me and apparently activists and therapists and people in the mental health community were saying that is fat phobic and you're promoting diet culture, you're promoting eating disorders, all of this stuff. You need to take this out. And within a day, I think she took that part out of the video. What do you think? I'm you gonna, can give lots I'm gonna, of different. Yeah, I'm going to play the two sides because there always are two mm, sides. Beautiful. There, yeah. It's just the truth. And if we're saying that there is an absolute, this is the, the right way and this is the wrong way, then we're just not being honest with yeah. the reality of life. <laughs> and so I think one side of it is, yes, that can give that message. That can give a fat phobic message to some people looking at that content. That they could experience it that way. It could give that message to lots of little girls mm -hmm. who might have that fear. And then they look at her and they're like, well, she's not that. So mm -hmm. you, all the things like that's true. That's a reality that that can happen and probably did happen for lots of people who were like, I'm experiencing that. So I don't want to feel that. Um, so it shouldn't, you know, I don't want to look at it. Then there's in that kind of middle lane is the human being, which is her, who gets to decide what she does with that feedback, mm -hmm. you know, who's like, okay, even if that probably wasn't my intention in telling the, in the story that I'm trying to tell, I understand and probably have a sensitivity to the way that people feel around those things because I have this issue and I'm willing to just call it and yeah. just say, it's not worth it's not that. Worth it. And then there's the opportunity for her. I think the other side of the argument is, if people experience something that way to them, that probably wasn't the message that she was actually giving, like out of her own brain and experience, I'm going to just assume. We'll just mm -hmm. assume that I know that what she was trying to say is this was one of my problems through art, through an expression of art. I'm going to try to demonstrate an area of struggle for me, like almost like she's naming it as a problem, not as a promotion. Yeah. And I'm going to try to express that through a video, you know, which is kind of like, you know, a, a live a moving piece of art and my struggle with that. And this is how I understand my struggle with this word. Mm -hmm. And it's my experience. It's my experience of stepping on a scale. That's what my body dysmorphia is about, right? Yeah. Like it's also naming a thing as it is. My interpretation is a lot of people interpreted what she said when she didn't say something. So she stepped on a scale. It said fat. There was a person going like, no, no, no with their finger. And so she was saying, Taylor Swift was saying fat is bad. How I saw it was she was somebody who struggled with people telling her she should be it one way she should be smaller smaller people were telling her she was fat when she wasn't right and people were saying fat is bad i didn't hear taylor swift the human the authentic real person mm -hmm. saying that to everybody yeah she's telling the story about her experience her experience with a harm that yeah. the way that has harmed her so the reason i bring that up is because I would have never personally asked her to take that out. Mm -hmm. 
and I totally understand how somebody can see that, especially if they're in their stuff and not have the idea that that I just explained in their head. Yeah. Because when you're in something, you are laser focused yeah. on it. This is me as a therapist 10 years out of having those things. So I get that. If a client came to me and said, this is screwed up, this is whatever, blah, 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 we would talk about it and we would get to what actually came up for them. And then we would talk about ways that they can take care of themselves and ways that they can see things and all of that. Mm -hmm. It would never fall back on Taylor Swift. I think on an individual level, level. that's absolutely what I would do. Yeah. I was thinking like, what would I do with the client? One, I would I would totally validate their right. experience and I wouldn't be yeah. like, that's not about you, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> um, Suck it up. She's not Buttercup. saying that. There you yeah. go. Don't you feel better now? <laughs> um, I was like, get over it. Session's over. This is what she means. <laughs> yeah. Now you, you know, yeah. that, because what we know about our emotional reactions is that they're not about rational explanations. Yeah, it's not logical. They're about stuff that we carry around inside yeah. of us. And so what I would want to do is get that person to what is this touching on for you that is so that part of you that's so sensitive that needs to be taken care of that starts to get into beliefs and stories like it brought up your stories that are the painful you to you the thing from your experience in your life so we need to address that right we always need to go there and address that and i talk about this with clients a lot when they're like in residential treatment and a cl another client triggers them mm -hmm. reminds them of their abusive right. dad and tech, you know, I'm like, I can't make that client different, you know, <laughs> and they're not doing anything that like breaks the rules. Yeah. We're going to have to figure this out. And usually what we do first is we deal with what's coming up around the original wound. So let's go and like deal with dad. And then they get some groundedness in that part of them that is so not regulated. And they get some clarity about that wasn't right. The way that I understood this to mean about me is not the truth about me with my original wound now I can look at this thing over here through mm -hmm. present day eyes yeah clear strong like grounded sense of self that what would that how does that part of me want to deal with so-and-so and it's usually somewhat different than their original reaction which is I don't want to be here with that person yeah it's just like no that yeah. person's not safe because my dad wasn't safe right, right? so usually because they've kind of gotten themselves out of like, that was a real threat that I was stuck in. Let me deal with that. And I can see this through a different lens that is present. And there might be action that I want to take about that. I mean, there is activism that's necessary. Like that's the gray of yeah. should you or shouldn't you address that in the world? It's up to you. Like yeah. what what's your calling? You know, <laughs> what's your truth? Yeah. But the way that you're going to go about that when you're, clear about what's there in my past and what's here in my present is going to be different well this is what i'm hearing in that this is what just came to my head because i'm sitting here being like well maybe yeah she should have taken it out because is it worth that blah, blah, blah. no it's not about removing the triggers in life mm -hmm. it's about helping us understand where they come from and doing the work to heal that part of us yeah and, and a lot that part of us yeah and a lot of times what will happen is that person instead of saying I need to go to a different group. They need to leave treatment. I can't be here. They'll sit down and actually have a like, yeah, I'm going to tell you what happens. What's what I'm feeling. I'm yeah. going to make some requests about like, can we talk this way about these yeah. things instead of this way? Can you knock before you come in my room? Huh. Like I'm going to actually just talk to you about my experience and see if we can meet somewhere. 
I can still address my need. Versus making it black and white. Mm -hmm. You do this or you do this or I can't do this. Yeah. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. You know what's funny is we were talking about this topic and we were going to put it in last week's episode and we were like we could just do it in 10 minutes nope. <laughs> because I, I still have more stuff to say but i want to get to something else so more on that if you guys have questions again always know that you can email for any kind of clarifications or to give experiences that you want us to talk about or even if you want to tell us your experience of the taylor swift thing or the demi lovato thing like i'm so open to hearing that i also know and i'm very aware that I can be wrong and I can say things that I, I don't mean and I'm always willing to learn more. So we welcome those. Now, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. This has a little bit to do with that, but also it's different. A couple, well, was it two years ago or a year? It was probably two years ago now. I put out a TikTok video 
this was the end of my TikTok career. <laughs> I'll still put out clips of the podcast on there if I film them, but I'm never making like a fun TikTok again because to me, it's just not worth it. I put up this TikTok and it said, it was literally, I was like sitting in my living room with my my roommate at the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be such a funny idea for a TikTok. And we made it and like literally 15 minutes, I posted it, didn't think anything of it. And then like a week later, I was getting like thousands and thousands of notifications. TikTok is weird where like I had no followers and people, it shows my video to people. It's like random. Okay. There's no like rhyme or reason to it. Or maybe there, there is. I don't know what it is. Anyway, so the TikTok was me. There was like a, what is it called? Graphic of text. There was text that said things people are willing to do except going to therapy. And then it had this fun music that was like, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, get it, get it, get it, get it. And like every time it said something, I would flip to a different image. And the things I put were like yoga, shopping, dating apps, essential oils, crystals, exercise in general. I put, because this is something I do, like buying tons of plants, like everybody's becoming a plant lady. Reading self-help books. Maybe. Oh, self-help books were on there. I think like a life coach might have been on there. Food. It was just all this stuff. And I just thought it was like kind of like fun and cheeky and like whatever. Yeah. Because a lot of those things I do. Yeah. Right. What I was saying was not that these are bad, but it was wasn't just like, an either or. No, it was just like these people are willing to do all of this. But when I say maybe you should try therapy, they're like, absolutely not. I don't need therapy or like therapies for people that are this or either that's too scary. I'm scared of that. Because I think that is one of the things that keeps you from going to therapy is I feel like my issues have to be this to go or I am afraid because it's intimidating and going to this yoga class is less personal. I don't have to tell anybody anything and all that. Not saying it's wrong. The <laughs> feedback I got was probably on a smaller scale of how Taylor Swift felt. <laughs> so Taylor, I feel you. I don't think I can see the comments anymore, but I remember a lot of them. A lot of people were saying how privileged I was. A lot of people said, you were probably the worst therapist in the whole world. I was called a basic white B word. I had one lady cast a spell upon me. I had people like stitch, I don't know if it's stitching or duetting it where they like repost it and I talk about how terrible of a person you are. I will say I had the wherewithal to not watch those because I was like, this is just make me cry. Because again, I am open to being wrong. I am doing my job to be a helper, not a herder. And I was just being silly. And uh, I had some woman then find me on Instagram because I blocked her and she wrote me this whole thing, very long thing I did read. And then she was like, I'm outing you to my 30,000 Instagram followers. I'm ruining your life. And then <laughs> what is funny is in between some of those comments, I had a couple people be like, she was my old therapist. I love her. <laughs> I was like, God bless you. <laughs> Um, but I thought like should I defend myself should I delete this sure. should I do this should I post another video and ultimately I was like probably like Taylor Swift I was like this is not worth it I just thought this was funny so I'm taking it down I actually made it public again just because I was like I wonder if I'm gonna get the same response and nobody is even watching it so I, mm. I feel good about that but that brings in this conversation of people saying yoga is my therapy I was a indoor cycling instructor and so many people would say 
this is my therapy. And I'm like, well, I want you to know that I'm not your therapist mm-hmm. when you're in my class. Or reading is my therapy. Or this art. Is, <laughs> art is my therapy, yes. And how I see that is things can be therapeutic, but it doesn't mean that they are therapy. Tell me what you think. I think the light side of it, of that kind of thing, is that if people really are finding things in life that promote emotional wellness, then that's therapeutic and that's wonderful. And Mm -hmm. that's essentially what I would hear most people saying, especially in like the kind of colloquial sense of like, that is my therapy. It, it helps me process my feelings. It helps me regulate myself. It helps mm-hmm. me take care of me. It makes me feel better about the human being that I am. Just things that promote my wellness in life. Which is great. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not therapy. In like therapy is a thing. It's a very real specific yeah. thing. Uh, <laughs> we have yeah. license to do it. Right. It's a profession. It's a skill. There's not another word, you know, counseling, therapy. Those are the words for what we do. I don't know what else you would call, call them. It. And so I think that is different. Mm-hmm. What's happening in our offices is very different even though there might be some similar qualities to those things that people are experiencing in their lives well and i think it's maybe it's my like protect i my protection of it because yeah i actually want most of my clients to do a lot of those things i want you to move your body i want you to eat food i want you to date i if you love essential oils they can be very healing i want you to do that like, I want you to find an outlet. I want you to do art. And I do art in therapy as well. I'm not an art therapist, but we use that. And so it's interesting. My experience was it's interesting that people are seeing it this way with that video that I made. When I'm like, I'm not saying these things are bad. I'm saying that is not this. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, it's probably not the most important distinction we need to make yeah. unless we are doing these things to avoid what we really need because therapy can take something that can be therapeutic. It can be healing. It can be a coping skill. It can be something that's very helpful and it can actually take it to a whole different level. Yeah. I think the important distinctions would be, are you still stuck in something even though you're doing those other things? You know, is it not changing the way that your thought processes live inside your brain or the ways that you believe about yourself or the health that you have in relationships? Like, are those things really giving you what you would want out of maybe a therapy session experience relationship? And if we call those therapy and they're not, then then I miss out. Yeah, you're missing out. You're kind of cutting yourself off from another option. That's a really good way to say that of is this actually giving you what you're looking for? Yeah. Or is it holding you in a space? I mean, it's holding you in a space and you feel okay, but it's not actually giving you what you're looking for because me going to yoga really helps me de-stress after a tough holiday weekend with family or a long day at work or it it can be deeper than that I think it can be way deeper than that but this is just what's coming in my head but what it's not doing it's not teaching me how to set boundaries with my mom it's not teaching me what's my responsibility and what uh what I learned that actually isn't true about me from my family upbringing and I'm not saying that could never be the case yeah that might happen in those yeah other experiences and a book can be so helpful and words and information 
is not what is going to just like you said earlier of like when we're in those states logic that isn't what's going to change our experience of the world and ourselves it's an emotional experience that actually happens through like action and connection with people so books are really helpful i mean i don't know how many books i give to clients i'm like read this i don't even care if you ever give this book back to me you need to read this but the book's not going to do the work for them yeah i was thinking just as you were talking that some other words uh is that people might say those things are healing to me yeah. Like they're, you know, if meditation is actually healing yeah. to my anxiety and I'm, if I'm doing that regularly, that's also something I would usually yeah. tell people right. to do if they have high anxiety because it's a great it's it, a therapeutic tool. Yeah. It's going to actually be, he, those yeah. things might be healing to your system because yeah. they are therapeutic in those ways. That's yeah. great if that's what it is. That's what you mean though, maybe, is that this is healing to me. This is nurturing to me. This gives me a good sense of self in my life. That's what you mean when you say it's my therapy, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's semantics. But I just wanted to talk about that because it's very interesting to me. And again, you get to do, if you never want to go to therapy and you're like, listen to this podcast is therapeutic to me. That's my therapy. okay. I would prefer you say therapeutic than that's my therapy because like I say at the beginning of every episode, this is not a replacement for mental health services. It's okay for you to say that's what I'm going to use. I'm not, I never, ever am going to say everybody needs to go to therapy because I think we even said this in the beginning that some people are fine living in that space and I might not be fine living in that space, but they are. So I might say I need to go to therapy, but if they were, they want it. And I think that's part of, being a therapist is we empower people to actually do what they actually need to do, not what we think they need to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we had a little bit more, but we're going to get into it next time because, you know, we said we were going to do triggering in 10 minutes and it took 30. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. Again, guys, if you have things you want us to talk about, feedback, comments at all, send it to Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. I also will just add, I haven't been saying this as much, I really appreciate when you say it kindly because I try to do that in the way I speak and I like receiving feedback. It doesn't always feel good, but I like receiving feedback and it's just always better received when you guys give me some kindness in the way you word things. And if you don't feel like doing that, then maybe just give me a trigger warning Okay, that's going to do it for us today, though. And you can follow the podcast at Uni Therapy Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me as well if you are not a client at cat.defada. Tara is mysterious, and you can just guess what her life is like. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. 
Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.